Shane, is that, an Auburn, is that an Auburn tattoo you have on your arm? It is. Don't get me started. It is. Unfortunate, Shane. Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. We are kicking season three off in a huge way with a man that needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyway. It is Ruben Stuttered. Ruben, thanks for coming on, bro. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. Like I said, it's been it's been a minute since we've seen each other. Oh, man. Now you're, not, now you're more than a kid with a wife and beard and whiskey and... yeah. I'm I'm far more refined than the last time we hung out. <laughs> I, I'm still wild. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you thank you numerous numerous times through this episode, but I'll echo the same thing. Yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Means a ton. Yeah, this more is more than we could ever express. This is the launch of se- the season three premiere. Okay. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what you do, even though they should know what you do. <laughs> you're kind of the host, so I mean. Uh, when i go on most talk shows the host kind of like kind of segues into but you know hey you know i know it's referred it's your it's your season three premiere so hey, i'm ruben started man i'm a season two one of america idol um from alabama and yes, sir. i'm i'm uh a friend of my man here so uh met him when he was just a young type uh we had a record <laughs> We started a record company here in Birmingham called Yellowhammer, and you know me and my friend Michael Warren, and we had some interns, and he was one of them. And um, I told him to keep doing what he wanted to do, and he's doing it. So I'm happy to be here to talk about anything he wants to talk about. The first time that I ever had Al's was with Ruben. <laughs> that's a monumental. That's a monumental day. Yeah. Night. I'm assuming night. Yeah, it was a. Night. It was definitely a <laughs> night. But yeah, Ruben and I go. It was like ten years ago. Almost. Yeah, close to it. I was just a college kid with no direction in life, and I took this internship because I wanted to get into social media, which everybody that listens knows like that's my passion. And uh, I got to hang out with this cat several times, and uh, he kind of guided my way, showed me what the music business is like, which is crazy but fun at the same time. Uh, but I'm not going to give you all our background if you want. Like, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, spent an amazing year with Ruben and Michael and everybody else at Yellowhammer. But tell us what you got going on right now, man, other than COVID. Oh, man. So, you know, this year has been particularly different. Um, you know, so the start of well, this year is now 2021. Excuse yeah. me. So uh-huh. last year was a very different year. Um, you know, uh, at the start of the year, I was on the road um, as usual. And, you know, we were, you know, of course, COVID was around, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And, you know, I think my last show of 2020 might have been in March or April. So that's been a minute. It's been a minute. I mean, we were, you know, I I started a, I was on Broadway at the end for the, the end of 2019. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I continued with this tour I created called Ruben Sings Luther. We did about um, uh, from 2019 to 2020 top. We did about 
a hundred and something shows. And um, yeah, and it just all stopped. And yeah. so, uh, but it really, uh, it really has been a blessing for me to, because this is the most I've been home since I won America Idol. Like really, like I bought a house, and this is the most I've been in it since I bought it. So it's really been cool. I've had an opportunity to to kind of like you know reflect on life and. Um, I have a new family, um, um, and it's, it's, it's been a blessing. I don't really have any, like, only negative thing I would have to say about 2020 is that, you know, we have a pandemic. Yeah. I was going to say, I've seen a lot of artists have said that since the pandemic started, they've kind of taken it in stride and it's allowed them to be a little bit more creative as far as their, their art, their music, whatever their passion may be. Is that kind of the same thing? For you? Yeah, I um, for me, it's I've always been creative. Like I've been a creative person since I was five. You know what I mean? But this has been great for me because I've been able to spend, uh, be here when my mom needs me. Okay. It's rare that I, my mom can call and say, "Hey, Ruben, I need X, Y, Z. Could you drop it off?" And I'm able to do it. Not Amazon pack you know what I mean and that I mean I, I didn't you know you never know how much those little things really matter um you know being able to be here and to drop packages off to my grandma and my aunts and stuff like that has been more of a blessing for me than anything yeah that makes sense you got to work on your golf game any man I have not played <laughs> Uh, I played in a golf tournament at the top of this past year. 2020? Yeah, I played in the golf tournament, and I haven't played since, man. Like, nah. Well, as a return of the favor, if you still want those golf <laughs> lessons, I'll come get you. He's the man on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with 2021, like, kind of looking like we're kind of coming in on the tail end of COVID, hopefully. Uh, right. Hopefully this admi- new administration gets crap moving on it. Uh and we get people back to work and you guys back out on the road. Right. What's uh what what's something you're looking forward to? You got planned that you ca- that you can tell us. I am looking forward to finishing the album I started in 2020. Um I'm looking forward to to going on vacation like uh my with my new family like we haven't had an opportunity to go on a trip you know what yeah, I mean? Like we've yeah. just been in the house. So I would, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to driving to Kentucky to try to find a bottle of Blanton's. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yeah. You find some Pappy while you're up there. I'll pay you back. <laughs> you know what, man? Like, uh, I just don't, I can't justify the price, man. Like I've, I've, I've had Pappy a couple of times. It's good. I appreciate it. I just don't want to pay $1,200 for it. It's that resale value you got to watch out for. Right. You catch it on you catch it on retail if it hits the shelves. It's only like $200, I think, for some of it. But, yeah. Uh, right. So what else? Uh, other than what, what's the, al- what, what's the album? Yeah, tell us more like? about this album. Yeah. Um, I, so it's – I haven't – because of Ruben Sings – I did a Ruben Sings Luther album. Mm-hmm. which did extremely well and I haven't and this will be the first original music project that I've had since 
um, like 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. um, maybe even maybe even 2014. Like I can't I can't remember what year Letters from Birmingham was, but that was the last original material album I did. So um, it, it's given me an opportunity to write. Yeah. Um, and um, looking forward to going back to Nashville and, and getting with my, you know, the cats that I worked with up there to like come up with just some really good material, and um, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think letters from Birmingham may have been while I was working for you because I remember, you know, we got the text like, "Hey guys, uh, social media interns, y'all need to start pushing and pushing." And uh, I was like, "Okay," but I think I remember when that came out. That was like. Maybe 2012, 13-ish? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you planning on touring on the new album once you finish it? Absolutely. I mean, well, here's the thing. The Ruben St. Luther Tour is such a big platform. Um, it's, it's, it, it'll, it'll never go away because apparently I'm the only person that can sing Luther Vandross songs well. So it, <laughs> it, it's really like a, a Broadway production. Like when I... When I thought about the show, I thought about it in that way, specifically because people are very uh, serious about their Luther Vandross. Yeah, oh, it makes sense. So, like I, I approached it when I put the show up was like, I am not me. I am me doing Luther. Yeah. And um, but what it does give you the opportunity to do is to introduce new songs. Uh, to uh, an already existing audience. And so for me, what I'll do is take an opportunity in the midst of that show to introduce the music. And I'll have, you know, of course, people can, you know, download it right there. Like, it's not like, you know, you have to have physical copies of albums anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I could just, you know, while I'm on stage, say, hey, everybody, go to iTunes and download my new single XYZ. You know what I mean? And there's 12,000 captivated fans right there. They can, you know, instantly right with uh like you said you've been on broadway you're on there with your former american idol mate clay aiken a few times right haven't right. you yes. right what was the type of uh shows y'all did the the name of the show was reuben and clay's family fun christmas spectacular something 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 it's a long title bro like yeah that's a mouthful <laughs> right I mean, we did that on purpose and then now that like <laughs> It's over with. Neither one of us can say the title back to you. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. Like, and you know, we were we were directly across the street from the heavy hitters. Like Hamilton was the theater for Hamilton was directly in front of us. Uh, you know, the Tina Turner story was down the street. Like all these big shows were right around us. So we really had to, you know, when people came to our show, if we got bad reviews, we would have been dead. Yeah, but yeah. luckily, um, the New York Times, everybody that came to the show loved it. And it's it's holiday specific. So the only other holiday show there at the time was the Rockettes. So it was either us. If you wanted to see Christmas, it was either us or the Rockettes. So people yeah. kind of um, came and um, it, 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 it did really well. That's and awesome. it really it helped also that we invited the whole cast of The View. Yeah. So they all came, um, you know, Megan McCain and Clay are really close friends. And so we went on the show. They came. 
we did our thing. And then that night they all came in. And the next day, Whoopi got on uh, the show and was like, listen, if you want to see a great show, go see Ruben and Clay. And so as soon as that happened, it was packed every night. Floodgates. That's all you need. That one person just endorsed right. that show. Like, which that's good. I'm, gl- I'm glad for you. Like, that's a success because people that have led you to success that's all you wish for them but you know what it was really it was a it was great for me because i you know of course having been in charge of my own enterprise it's different there it's different there than any other place in the world where uh it is a community of theaters um every theater is a union theater so everybody is collectively working to make um even though it's kind of competitive people are still working to make sure everybody is okay yeah um but uh you have to be super tight like you know there is no room for error on broadway yeah so that, that one little mistake could probably lead to that bad review that absolutely because you never know when they're coming to review the show so they can review the show the first night or the last night like you could just be chilling last night and they could do the show and you know. So so what was the one thing uh in your green room that you had to have every single night that you went into? Uh up there, uh in my green room, probably I drink this tea every night and it doesn't it doesn't matter what the show is. It's this uh Asian ginger tea, Asian ginger crystals. Yeah. Um and that's pretty much it. I'm kind of I'm I'm really simple in that way. I don't I'm not one of those people with like this long writer. Yeah. Like one thing that promoters are always like, well, what do you like? I was like, well, you just give me a bottle of whiskey or something just to have after the show. I'm cool. You know, I don't what I do like is for people to kind of switch it up because what I learned is like if you just say that, then you end up getting like the same same thing over and over. Yeah. So I got like eight bottles of Jack Daniels. Like, <laughs> all right. I mean, it's cool, but like, you know, at least, like, at least get me the Sinatra. Come on. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that's awesome. Uh, now back to American Idol, just kind of tell people a little bit how you've seen like the music, the way it's put out and all this other stuff compared to when you were on American Idol, like the streaming and everything else. Like what's your, well, you know, like my season is so ancient <laughs> that like so for me like we were excited because we were the first we introduced text messaging to the country yeah I, i'm pretty sure my mom still holds a grudge for that because i ran the text messaging yeah. rates up <laughs> so at&t introduced their texting platform in our show like that's how ancient we are like, <laughs> so um and, you know, the difference is, you know, now is that, of course, like I watched this last, and I was a part of last season, mm-hmm. um, but I watched it. And I mean, like they're, 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 they were competing like this. There was no in-person competition. They were at home. And it was so like all of this stuff that I have, like even the stuff I'm talking to you on now is stuff that they sent me from Fox. Because really? I wouldn't you. have bought none of this stuff. Like I wouldn't <laughs> have bought this. I wouldn't have bought this like. Uh, this little thing that I have my phone in sitting on the table. I wouldn't have bought, I got like lights and stuff like, they, <laughs> like, cause I don't, I, like, I'm not that guy. Like, you know, like I, I just, you know, 
and everybody is still like, I, Drake, I might need to holler at you too because I got to get my social media game up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that was, that's the difference. Like, there is no personal, like, uh, touch in the show. Like, I had actual people to sing to. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I have to give those kids kudos because it's, it's, it's probably even more difficult to just sing to this, um, to this phone and be effective on television. It's hard to evoke that emotion when you're yeah. just looking at a screen and you're kind of seeing, you're seeing a reflection of yourself. I mean, but then on the flip side of it, you have to understand that these are kids that grew up doing that too. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like for the past, you know, eight years, they've been communicating with their friends this way. Uh-huh. So their whole existence um, with technology is completely different than ours was. So it may not be as difficult to them as it is to the, all the old people they asked to come on the show. Right? <laughs> You're sitting there like, I'm trying to figure out how to set this just right. You, <laughs> you know Man, how it is. It took me like 30 minutes to figure out how to tighten these knobs up on the back of this thing to get my phone <laughs> The voting, the voting system now, like you said, y'all introduced texting, and now it's like you just log into the app and you type whoever or you know tap whoever you want to vote for, and right. then like with the voice, uh, I know they do like iTunes charting, like right. These suckers are charting on iTunes for one night, right? So and so, so, and so are the kids on Idol. Like when they they um they're like at the end, there's like the the top ten or top. They all have, you know, they all like go to the studio in their respective cities and record a single. And then that I think that that those cumulative numbers count, too. So do you think how how would you see yourself in today's American Idol? Do you think it'd be any different for you not having that crowd like they did this past year? Or? I, I mean, I can sing. Oh, well, yeah, that's a fact. So <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> I, I definitely think I would I would probably make the top 10. Like I, I wouldn't put myself out there like that, but I don't know if I would, uh, I don't know. Like that's, that's a hard question to answer because I just don't know how I would fare. Um, and like, and then I'm like, you know, I, I got a, a little bit of ADD too. So I could, I might just be like. Completely off the rails yeah. at, like, at any given moment. Right. Yeah, like, you know, the, the times that I've seen you perform live, it's like you play off the crowd so much. And that's why I was asking, like, you know, how how would it affect you? Um, do you think it would kind of make you less inclined to feel the way you feel when you actually sing to a crowd? Like, would you kind of feel like, oh, I'm just going to stand in front of this camera and sing and be awkward? Or maybe I don't nail that shit. <laughs> maybe, I mean, because, you know, like. I've done like, you know, all these apps and stuff that are now like people are like, you know, sending, you know, my manager, like requests for me to do stuff for their like um, family reunions and stuff like that. And that's been cool, but it's just, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And all of us at some point, I think we're all going to have to like figure out how we can acclimate ourselves old, young, new, however, or to this new system of performing. So it may be uncomfortable for a while, but I think I, I would be able to get it. Yeah, you seem like you could adapt pretty well. Oh yeah, you have to. I mean, that's what we have to do with the times with technology and everything. The way everything changes, anyways, is you've got to adapt. Absolutely. Um, now, before obviously the pandemic hit, uh, I know you're very active in the Birmingham music community with 
schools and all that. So right. what, tell us a little bit about what you got going on on that end that also you hope to flare back up this year. Well, um, bef- normally we would have the Ruben Sturdup Music Camp every summer. Um, this year, or 2020, deflated that. Um, we normally have it at Birmingham Southern, um, and we weren't able to do that. We did give our scholarship uh, last year, which we do every year. Um, um, and that's about it, man. Like, to be perfectly honest, you know, I, I did some things for um, Dr. Panyan at UAB. I did a, a thing with um, a couple of sororities. My mom's sorority, one of my aunt's sororities had like talent shows and I came in and judged um, from home. But that's about it, man. Like, and I'm really looking forward to that because I, I, um, it's like a thorn in my manager side every year. Like he's like, I, you know, cause I'm like, I got this, this week I'm off. And it's like, every, it never fails. The gigs that pay the most always come when I ask to be off mm-hmm. for that camp every year. And he's like, he's like, Ruben, I got you. I got a gig for $930,000. I'm like, man, I got my camp this week. <laughs> I stay true to your roots. Yeah. yeah. That like that's what I was gonna speak a testament to is like, you know, getting to know you. Like the first time I met you, I walked up on your back porch when we had that uh the when all of us actually met each other. Right. And I walked up and I was like, it was kind of intimidating, like, because you're walking into somebody you know that's like, this dude's famous. Like and you walk up and you're like, uh shaking, I'm shaking, shaking your hand. I'm like, Hey, I'm I'm Drake. And and now it's just like, you know, it's been a while since we've talked and it's like, it's nothing. And, uh, that, that goes to show like fame hasn't changed you as a person, the person that I got to know over that year anyway, need to work on. I mean, you know, like I I tell people, I I am more particular about things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so if, if there's something that I want and I want it done a certain way, I'm particular about it. And I think everybody should be that way. No, absolutely. Um, and I think the only reason why people feel a way when, celebrities are particular about things is because they're celebrities yeah that's a a really good point but but other than that like uh if if i rock with you i rock with you if i don't i don't like i'm i'm i've been that way forever like if you my if you my people i'm never gonna shine on you if i if i fool with you we cool if i don't i'm gonna say it like i am not gonna act funny with like it's people in the industry i don't rock with and when i see them out at celebrity stuff like i don't i'm not dapping you up just to like make people think that we cool for camera. Like we not cool. I'm moving on. If we cool, we cool. If we not, we not. And Drake, you and I are cool. I mean, he had to hit me with that. <laughs> no, so you feel what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. my, you my boy. Like I'm. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben, you. Fun fact: I never heard Ruben say my actual name until until it was like the first time I met him. But after that, it was Drizzy nonstop. That's Drizzy. why. I, you know why that was, and I'll tell you because my brother, you know. Rest in peace. Uh, my brother uh, was a big is a big Drake fan. Was you know what I mean? And so he, my brother, took me to my first Drake concert. Like yeah. I had no idea who Drake was. Like you know, I'm I'm in my own R and B world, and my brother's like we we went to Memphis. Like, we just went to on a random trip to Memphis. He was like, we're going to a concert tonight. Like all right, <laughs> so we go up there and it's Drake's. Like this is like his mixtape. Yeah. Before so the far. album, before yeah. you know all that, and 
you know, I went backstage, met him, super cool cat. But everybody was calling him Drizzy. And then when I met you, I was like, oh, I got to call you Drizzy. <laughs> I swear to God, Ruben never called me Drake. It was always Drizzy. But, but yeah, that's uh, that goes to show, like like you said, you, you don't want to put up a front. And I think that's the Alabama in you. Like, because yeah. you know, none of us really put up a front. If we like you, we like you. If we don't, we don't. Right. Uh, well, but that's good. That, like, that didn't really change the way you approach people. You don't succumb to the ways of fame. Yeah. Uh, right. So the industry norms. Yeah. If you I mean, which is probably one of the reasons why I didn't. I uh, I never moved away from Alabama. I mean, I had a place in L.A. You know, and I and don't get me wrong, like I love LA. It's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. The weather, the weather is always perfect. <laughs> I, it, but I, you know, I think you know me always keeping a place at home always kept me rooted. You know what I mean? Like I never exactly. really had an opportunity to kind of get away from you know. And my mom and grandma, they never let me forget. Like yo. I don't care what people I don't care what people do for you in New York down here. You got to rake some leagues, player. There you go. <laughs> uh, how is how is L.A. for people that may not have ever been over there? How is it different from here other than the fact they don't have James Spann to tell you weather since it's consistent over there? Uh, you know what? It's not the people are are different. But it's not really that different. The topography will remind you a lot of of, of Birmingham. Really? Really? Yeah. Like, especially when you're on 280 and the traffic is crazy, it'll remind, yeah. <laughs> you, it'll remind you of being on the 101. Like, all the, like, it's, and then, you know, there are a lot of Southerners in California. Mm-hmm. So I quickly, like, I quickly, like, found... I, so when I won American Idol, the night after I won, a lady from Ufala called my mama and was like, I want to cook for Ruben. I got a restaurant in Inglewood. Wow. Dope. Okay. So we <laughs> Small go. Small world. So we go. Miss Pauline sets out a spread, like straight up grandmama Thanksgiving spread the night before the finale. Okay. <laughs> She's from Ufala. Uh, and then. Every Sunday that I was in L.A., I ate at a restaurant. So I took every, like all my like L.A. partners, I would always take them to Miss Pauline's. Like that was my lady. Like, period. You that know? goes that goes to show how small of a world it is. You never know who's going to run into you, and that shows that Alabama people, Alabama people, always have. Well, you know who you know who introduced me to her was Robert Ory. Really. Wow. So Robert Robert Ory, of course, is from Alabama. He was like, it's a lady out here that cooks, you got to let her cook for you. And I met him when I was on the show. And so what kind like, of- yeah. And so she cooked for my mom, like everybody. So like every time my mom would come to LA, we would always go to me. We'd go to Miss Pauline. What kind of food did she cook? Southern was- food. Southern food. Yeah. yeah. What, was, what was the hit? I would have to say her, her fried chicken, bro. Yeah. It was that's high praise. I mean, like it was like it was it was like that. It and it and I and the reason why I liked it is because every other restaurant that I went to in LA where people were like, This is the best soul food in LA, this is the best southern food in LA. And it's always the it's always some people so far removed from their southern experience that it doesn't taste like that. 
And when I went to Miss Pauline, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, you knew that was it. There's only so many pretenders. All the time. Yeah. And it's easy because, I mean, people, you could just make collard greens and macaroni and cheese and be like, I'm Southern. No, sir. (laughs) That's what I meant when I say, like, the high praise. Like, especially in L.A., you you would be – you would have to be very confident in your cooking skills to throw that fried chicken out, call it Southern fried chicken, and then have someone from the South back you up on it. What I learned, what I've learned in my travels around the United States, the people that say Southern fried chicken, the fried chicken is whack. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant that's like a Southern restaurant, as long as it just says fried chicken, it's always decent. But the people that have to specifically say, oh, this is Southern fried chicken, like, oh, all right, now I got to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> now that you're back in Alabama, uh, what's what's your favorite spot in Alabama? Like in Birmingham. We'll say in Birmingham. You're not, you're not going to put me out there like that. <laughs> I can't? You're not going to let me? <laughs> you know, because people are, okay, my favorite soul food restaurant or Southern restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Eagles. Eagles. Okay, sick. We'll have to try that. Look, and and here's the thing. It's undisputed. Nobody can dispute that they are the the best in the city. Like, and then, you know, like they've had like several like James Beard winning chefs come there and be like, okay, like (laughs) Andrew Zimmer was there. Yeah. Like Eagles, Eagles, but you gonna wait though. Really? Yeah, it's like that auntie. It's going. It's like the auntie in there that's like, really doesn't care that you came to eat. Like yeah. either you eat or she you don't. She ain't in a rush. She ain't yeah, in a like, rush for you. No, not at all. Like you're gonna wait your turn. Do you like uh, Cajun food? I do. You like fresh seafood? I do. May have to get you over to Jasper one day. They got good whiskey. They got okay. good su- good Southern Cajun seafood. Where fresh, what's the- fresh- What's the place in Jasper, Carl? Called, called Black Rock Bistro. Black Rock Bistro. Yeah. Oh. We we endorse it fully on here. We talk about it a lot because we eat there a lot. Uh, he lived in Louisiana, so you know he's particular now. Since he lived over there for six years, he he developed that palate. Yeah. Yeah. He appreciates. Right. Now you know my my wife is from Grand Bay, Alabama. Okay. Nice. And um, brother. They have some of the best uh, soul food. I mean, well, Creole Cajun food down there is it's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Well, well, I'm getting hungry, so we're gonna we're gonna get out of the food. <laughs> so I'm not like I'm gonna be hungry when when we end this. But uh, so like with the past, two, we'll say two or three years, we've seen stuff really hit the fan, and uh, there's so much negativity in the world. That's what kind of inspired me to start the podcast was to spread some positivity. Right. Uh, you know, we don't talk politics and religion on here much because politics and religion start wars. We're not all about wars here. Uh, what's a, what's some ways that you think we could spread more positivity this year once COVID kind of lets its grip off of us? I think the way to spread positivity is to do things for people that have less than you. Yeah. That's, That's simple. Like, um, uh, I think another way is if 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 you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. I endorse that fully. <laughs> but do 
do something for somebody less fortunate. Yeah. Like I know that we're all every all we're all hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and I, you know, this year, you know, I hadn't, you know, really, you know, done as much as I've done in, in, in other years. But like it, it fills my heart with joy to just buy some socks for people or do like little things. You know what I mean? So like let's let's put more love out in the universe and like subtract a lot of this hate, man. Yeah. I think a lot of it, too, and like I said, we don't get too political on here. I think it's just everybody's seeing through a left and right lens instead of let's just do what I can for my neighbor lens. Right. And I think that's where we're kind of – we failed as society the past couple of years, but I think we can bring it back. Absolutely. So it just takes a lot of love, man. Absolutely. Well, Ruben, uh, we got a segment that we always close out with. Like I said, I, when, I, when I was talking to you, I don't want to take up much of your time uh, before we jump into this. Once again, thank you for uh, jumping on here, man. And it's called The Last Shots. We just ask, we're going to ask you three questions. Just fire them off as fast as you can. Okay. All right. Favorite golf course in Birmingham? Uh, man, uh, Ballantrae. Favorite bourbon? Favorite bourbon would have to be Evan Williams, 1783. All right. Final question. There's one venue in the United States as a whole. What are you playing as your final show before you retire? Madison Square Garden. Ooh, sell that thing out, too. <laughs> I know he would. Absolutely. <laughs> Ruben, uh, thanks, bro. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it means the world to me. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll catch up sometime. Uh, hey, let's just let's just drink a little bourbon, man, and, and hang out. I'm down with that. All right, bub. Well, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, thanks for coming on. Any one one last sentence of positivity to our listeners? Hey, everybody. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. That's it. Folks, this has been Ruben Stuttered. I'm blessed to call him a friend. As always, love your neighbor, as Ruben just said. Talk to someone different than you. If that jar is not empty, pass that thing around. We'll see you next time on Pass the Jar. <laughs>